This is Top Shop Podcast. Shop Podcast. Top Shop Podcast. Podcast for automotive service business owners by Paul Donahue. Well, I really appreciate you taking your valuable time, Anthony, uh, to be on Top Shop Podcast. So it's um, great to be here. Yeah. So I met you last month, January, at the MAP conference in Orlando, and yep. where we did a little quick interview. And then I thought you'd be a great candidate for a Top Shop Podcast. And I appreciate you taking time out of your valuable schedule to meet with us. So uh, yeah, glad to be here. for all of you who don't know who Anthony Allen is, he's the director of enterprise sales and business development at Bolton. And he was raised in the automotive and restoration business. He's been leading the Bolton sales team for four years, sp specifically through their merger with Bolton and my shop manager. So Bolton thrives in the shop success space and, and specializes in car count management which we're gonna talk about today because this is a, an important thing for auto repair shop owners to be aware of, uh, specifically a digital inspection, CRM and reputation management. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your career path. So we can Yeah, absolutely. So as, as you mentioned, I, I grew up in the space. My father worked in the aftermarket his entire life. You know, I watched my father and mother build several books of business and um, you know, work through several different communities to, you know, help the public uh, watch the transition of this industry over the last 40 years. It's been, you know, amazing to watch what's happened, you know, to watch my father that maintained the same technicians for decades. You know, the turnover in our industry has become immense. The trades are are decimated, not only in the automotive space, but every trade. And for me, it was something that you know, always ranch. My grandfather was on the restoration side of the business and, and the part world. And, um, you know, just seeing all aspects of this industry and, and really where it is today and the way technology has assisted, yet it's also affected a lot of shops. I think we see repair shops today that are being bogged down by a lot of costs. I don't think profits are being minimized, but I think sometimes technology gets in the way. And we can talk about that here a little bit more about car count management. But as far as my career, I started my career in the professional insurance world, I built my name in that space, went into consulting and the sales side and um, found the My Shop Manager bolt-on technologies through COVID, you know, and watched mm. as this industry really became revolutionized over the last four or five years here. So for me, it's been really a reckoning, combining skills that I've acquired through my upbringing, through my professional career, and trying to bring those into the bolt-on space to focus on that quality over quantity for our customers um, on the enterprise side, you know, and on that single location type of a repair shop that we, that we have, we're currently getting close to 9,000 repair shops. We should be there over the next month or so. So 9,000. Wow. Yeah. So you've been in the industry for a long time. So what are some of the struggles of the industry and what are we seeing? Yeah. You know, I think what we've seen is, the number one, let's just speak in generalities. The number one thing that we see is car counts are not slowing down. I don't think car count, again, speaking in generalities, is, is ever going to change. You know, customers are holding on to their cars an average of 12 years at this point. I can only see that going up the way the OEM space is these days and the rates at the dealerships. Could that change? Of course. But customers are holding on to their cars a long time. And what we find is, is that all of our repair shops, they would love to add two, three bays and a few lifts and a few stalls, right? But the number one thing is manpower. They're all making more money than they ever have. However, the stress levels and their techs are all burning out because of these influx car counts that they can't keep up with. 
right? I don't care if they're doing 200 cars a month, 400, it doesn't matter what, even if they're doing 50 in smoke, they're doing everything they can to keep up with what they have. The lots are full. You know, you look, you go to any one of these repair shops and I freak with them all the time. You walk in and there's cars as far as the eye can see. And that's daunting. And that takes a toll on the owner, the service advisor, the entire crew from the loop techs up to the masters. And what we try to do at Bolt-On is provide a lineup every single day that is not only more profitable, but easier to get through, right? Weed out the oil changes and then weed out the transmissions and the engine swaps and things that are going to take two weeks and we got to send them back to the dealership to get on. You know, all these things that we could focus on gravy jobs. We could focus on their best customers. And when we do that for our shops, it provides a significant amount of relief as opposed to just adding more on top through no disrespect to anyone in the industry, but some of these technologies I mentioned earlier, they're making the problem worse. When you bombard their entire database with promotions, who shows up? The cheap customers and the headaches. Right. Yep. Yep. So, you know, what is car count management? Why is it effective? How is it important? Yeah. So just to take a step back, anybody that's familiar with Bolt-On, they'll know that the most important thing to us is that shop management system, right? So we attach to that. We literally bolt onto those shop management systems. And for us, no two shops are alike and every demographic is completely different. So when we attach to that database, and I, I can't say this loud enough, I'll scream it from the mountaintops, every single repair shop in this country, whether they have CRM or don't or Martin, whatever they have, they're sitting on a gold mine. That shop management system is really the key to the relief that they need, right? And every single customer in there, we can get that demographic, that geographical data and everything we need on a customer to evaluate and say, John Smith is the customer we want to go after. Every time he shows up, he's getting all that recommended work done. He's averaging $430 hypothetically compared to um, you know, Frank, who's only showing up twice a year for blades and an oil change. Frank's a bottom feeder. Let's weed out that. Let's weed out again, those transmissions, bigger jobs that are holding us down that are 30% profit margins. Let's go after the gravy. You know, Let's go after the gravy jobs that are 70% margins. And what we do is that communication with their customers because it's twofold, Paul. The engagement with their customers that they really don't have the time to do, we can automate that process for them. And then simultaneously, we can book those bays every single day with their best customers and produce better tickets, higher average repair orders. Every single shop that probably follows this podcast wants to grow, right? They want to increase their average repair order. That's the end all be all for many shops. And it really should be. And I think taking technology into account that's going to automate that process is huge because automation is always big. We don't have enough hands. We'd all love another service advisor. And sometimes we like to think of ourselves as an automated service writer that's going out there and targeting said gravy jobs and said best customers. But you know, using these things to your advantage instead of bombarding yourself with the wrong type of customers and the wrong cars, right? The analytics are, are all there. And we get that right through, again, that goldmine of their shop management system. Okay, you are preaching to the choir as far as automations go. And I want to mention this now to uh, the shop owners that happen to be listening. Lead automation follow-up software, we've uh, created AutoShop AMP. AutoShop AMP is a lead generation follow-up software program. So if somebody calls a shop and the, both CSRs are on the phone, then that person will automatically get a text saying, hey, we really appreciate you calling Bob's Auto Repair or considering Bob's Auto Repair. We're on both lines right now, but we got you now. We're going to call you back in a couple minutes. Somebody fills out a form on the website. Leads go cold in 15 minutes. They're gone. Right. 
for someplace else. So they're on to the next shop. Exactly yeah. right. So they fill out a form on the website. Well, sometimes the shop owner is not, or the CSR isn't able to check that email for 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours, dead, they're gone. So that person, so the shop owner automatically gets a ping on their app on their phone. And every time somebody calls in, hey, you missed a call, call this person back. Hey, someone just filled out a form on your website, go here. Right. So this, these are just a couple of the things that we've got built into this automation software. So when it comes, uh, and I want to preach this to all shop owners, we're all busy. You need to utilize technology and automations as much as possible, you know? Mm -hmm. Review management, you know, when somebody comes in, a lot of the shop software programs have review management. Well, you don't want to use a review management software program that lets bad reviews go on the web. Right. And you want to be able to have a review management software program that will send out multiple requests. And so they either opt out or they leave the review, but it's all automated. And we always tell shop owners, don't send first time customers reviews right away, unless you know that you've got a personal relationship with them and everything's good. Because almost all the negative reviews have come from first-time people to the shop. So utilizing automations in car count management by utilizing automations. And so Bolt-On has automations built in to figure out, to help the shop owner figure out which ones are those 70% that they want to go after, the 70% profitability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know... You talked about, Paul, reputation management and Google reviews and things like that, which we invested heavily in our Google integration um, over the last year. Uh, most people know that product as the reputation manager product, but you're absolutely right. Setting these filters that will allow that process to be completely hands-off, unless it's less than a four-star review or something like, or if it's a negative response, then we get involved. But if I'm a vehicle owner, and Paul, I go to your shop and I've been going to you for the last four years. And every time I see you, I see you like a chicken with your head cut off, running around crazy and can't keep up. I leave in 48 hours or whatever we set that timer at, I get that text message. Anthony, it's Paul. Didn't get a chance to touch base with you, but is everything okay with the Silverado? I hit that yes and go. And that integration and not having to log in if I'm driving, you know, some right. people text and drive. We all know that. Or whatever it may be, making that process as easy as humanly possible to obtain a five-star review. And the only time that shop has to get involved or the alarms, forgive me, sound is if it's less than, you know, that four, but search engine optimization. So many shops out there have been told, you got to improve your website and spend all this money in A, B, and C. Reputation management and Google reviews are the best way to manipulate that Google algorithm. Uh, there's a reason why we invested heavily in that because our shops, what do we want? We want to be up there when someone types in brake job in my area, mechanic in my area, you know, all, all these things. And the best way to do that, if anybody wants to, you know, geek out on Google a little bit, look at some of the new guidelines that Google has thrown out there for SEO as of January, 2024. So it's another reason why we feel confident in what we've done on Google making that process as easy for a vehicle owner to leave a review because Paul, you mentioned the downtime. You know, if you miss that opportunity when the vehicle owner replies, I love you guys, you fixed it the same as always. That's a perfect time to get a Google review. And if sure. four hours go by, I might be picking up the kids from daycare. I might be at the gym. I might be at a multitude of places, but I didn't have a chance to leave that review. Or I say to myself, which I do, I think we all do this. Great guy, great business. I'm going to leave a review just later. And then life gets in the way. Okay. We need to use automation to our, you, you said it. We need to use automation and technology to our advantage. 
because there's just not enough time in the day. Right. So Bolton has a reviews management program built into the, to your program. We do. Yeah. We have a reputation management product that our customers are adding on every single day. It's really been our hottest selling product over the last 12 months here, just because I think reputation management has been a huge talk track in every industry. People are starting to become aware of those, how they can move up Google search engine using those reviews. Yeah. So, I mean, we specialize in digital marketing for auto repair shop owners. And I can tell you that of the 200 things that Google looks at to rank a website, uh, we believe in the top 10, most SEO gurus and experts in the industry yeah. believe it's, it's in the top 10, the, the, the reviews. It's in the top oh, 10. for sure. So if you're getting consistent reviews, we're working with an auto body shop in Florida, uh, St. Petersburg, he went from 350 yeah. a month in revenue to 600,000 a month, bought the car dealership across the street that uh, was empty and has expanded the shop. One of the things that we got him doing was reviews and he's killing it with reviews. So if we take on a client and they already have a great reviews management program in place, we don't touch it. We just leave it there. You know, so yeah. we, work, we work in their digital presence and getting them ranked higher. But it's great to know that your company's focused on one of the key factors in getting ranked on Google, which is the amount of reviews that you get, the different places. Google looks at how many different places. Do you have reviews on Yelp? Do you have them on SureCritic? Do you have them on Facebook? You know, we tell shop owners, hey, if you don't have any Facebook reviews, get some. They're not hard, you know? And then we take that badge and we put it right front and center on their website. So the second it loads that subconsciously, it tells the client, the potential customer, it gives them social proof that this is a good shop to work with because look what other people said, you know? So, I mean, let's look at the landscape, Paul. I mean, a couple of years ago, I, I don't think we're maybe five years ago, everybody's going to everyone's website and, and analyzing that as the one true way to say, am I going to actually do business with this, this place? Right. Now I think Google reviews have really superseded that in the majority of cases. I'm looking, when I look to get the liner on my truck done, you don't I'm not going to that. I'm not really going to that company's website. I'm checking out to see those Google reviews. Are there a lot of one-star reviews? Are these, you know, I really want to see from the public what that response is. Yep. And that's not only in our space, but really most industries. But yeah, it's important. I, I don't care who you're using. I think it's important to take into account how integral that is to the brand, right? Those Google reviews. So yeah. you're absolutely right. You're preaching to the choir because I, I you know, <laughs> we lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So, um, and, right. you know, the shops that we work with, it's one of our top priorities. It's a set a goal. Uh, how many current jobs, uh, book jobs are you getting per month? Then we set a goal based on that, uh, how many reviews we want to get. And then we watch each month to see if we're reaching that goal and mm -hmm. targeting that goal. So, that's uh, awesome. Yep. So, hold uh, everybody accountable that way, Paul. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk about why Bolton has invested so heavily in Google reviews and reputation management? Oh, I think you kind of did really, right? Yeah. It of course, talked about it a little. I just think for us, it's sometimes the best research and development you can do is just have your ears open on the sales side. And what we found is that we had you know, the ability to send Google links and stuff like that automatically through our platform, uh, but we wanted it to be a faster process. You know, you talked about the time lapse that can go by. Um, we want that to be a faster, more transaction, easier to get. You know, if we can get more five-star reviews, great. If we're weeding out that needle in a haystack, because people will always ask me, that's the first thing they ask when they talk about this product, how many five-star reviews can you get me? Well, that's going to vary, of course. Um, you know, 10% of the car count, who knows, you know, whatever those numbers may be. For me, the most important part about reputation management 
isn't how many five-star reviews you can get. How many one-star reviews did you block? That's the important part. Yep. Right. That needle in a haystack, that one person that came into the shop and said, this is what I want you to do on the car. I don't want you to do anything else, right? It's a 1999 Civic or whatever it is. And they leave and those are usually the people, passive aggressive that are going to go on Google and leave you that one-star review. That does more damage than anything. So for me, I think that's the best part about our product. Um, blocking the one-star reviews, of course, we do a phenomenal job. Our developers did a great job providing a product to our shops that gets those five-star reviews in a very high percentage. But for me, that's the biggest selling point is, um, again, manage the reputation. That's what it's all about. And those one-star reviews are killer. Yeah. And you got, uh, you said there's nearly, you have nearly 9,000 shops now? Yes, that's right. That's awesome. Anthony, what trends or developments do you see shaping the future of the automotive industry? Yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of adversity to technology as of late. I think a lot of repair shop owners are starting to see their monthly subscriptions for technology start to go up into the thousand dollar, twelve hundred dollar. You know, they they get up there, and I think that has produced a lot of animosity towards technology, and a lot of people are not adopting it at, at that rate. But I think no matter what happens, um, I think we are getting through. I think it takes, it's always going to be a word of mouth type of an industry, right? That sure. it was that way in the eighties. It's going to stay that way long, long into the future. So I think as long as shop owners, you know, and you have the backing when you have 9,000 shops and, and grow at a consistent rate of, you know, three to 400 a month, you know, what we like to do is, is allow the technology to be tailored to each one of our shops because the needs of each one of our shops is different. When you have technology that is not a cookie cutter, one size fits all type of a situation, that's attractive, right? That creates a lot of growth for our repair shops because we all get into business to help the public, but make money at the end of the day. Sure. There's nothing that tells us from every shop I see, there's nothing that tells us there's no room for growth. And I think that is probably the number one killer. It's a mental killer where we see a lot of shop owners saying, I can't do anymore. I would agree with that, but we can make more money. We can be more profitable. We can help alleviate the pain that our crews are going through, right? And that would be what I see as probably the biggest killer of productivity or just the mentality in general that over the last couple of years I've seen, I start to see, unfortunately, that number is growing. And what we like to do is sit down with these shops and take them through. There's always another way to do it. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, be open-minded and- that's how we have that growth. And it doesn't take long. It really doesn't. Once they get under our rooftop. Mm -hmm. You said something a little while ago you about the demographics. No two shops have the same uh, demographics. And that's yeah. what I try to really get across to any of our new clients. Yeah. Uh, it's all the same industry, auto repair, but you can go literally down the road and, and we can do our research in the back end and the types yeah. of keywords that we need to target, the type of paid ads that we need to do can change. So it's really good that your company focuses on that local yeah. demographics and you tailor each your software right. and your system for each one of them. So many scenarios, you know, think about these shops that are in a, a college town or, yep. you know, have a lot, they're in a snowbird area where there's a lot of people that are there only seasonally, you know, or the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. And we can, we can meet those needs and tailor the technology to that. Yeah, yeah. And it, those are excellent examples. Or if I'm in Colorado or Florida, you know, big difference between, you know, Huge. Uh, 
dealing with the winter season and the summer season or just having basically summer all year. Yeah. You know, so. all like you said, they have a collision element. They have a restoration element, performance element, loop shop element. There's all these different parameters that we can set to make sure that the world looks a lot different day one of turning something this on that's monitoring that car count and making sure that the next customer that comes in, we don't wrench, right? But we we assure that those customers that come to that front door from us are your most profitable customers and going to provide you just an easier day when those guys are funneling through your base. Okay. How do you approach competition in the industry? Infinite amount of respect for my competitors. I, I think what makes us different is the way that we define a good customer. I think we have done a really good job of keeping our finger on the pulse of what these shops need. Uh, instead of being a marketing platform, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, I think a lot of the technologies are just trying to blanket message, blanket message, blanket message databases. And I feel like we are so targeted and we are digging deeper in that discovery call with these shops to make sure, again, to what we talked about a moment ago, that the action meets what's going to be best for that shop, right? I think, again, for me, a good customer averages over $350. I don't care where we go in the United States or, or Canada. It has sure. to be more than that. You know, if anybody's spending less than that, they're an oil change customer, you know? And I, I think um, that's part of it. And also being a... Being on top of the jobs that are really crushers. I think so many shops in the country think that, oh, this transmit or this heavy duty job made me $4,000. Ask your techs, do they want $4,000 in training work or would they prefer that in gravy jobs and, and break work? You know, that's ask your guys, ask your crew. And how can we help mitigate that situation? I think that's what we're always trying to do here at Bolt On. And I would say that makes us significantly different than our competitors have all the respect in the world for them but i think it's what we define a good customer as okay awesome yeah there's a lot of shops that are trying to get to that two million three million you know mark or there's a lot of uh shop owners that are in their first five years or first three years yeah so what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneurs who are just starting their their shops or, or get a digital inspection get a digital inspection Get a digital inspection. There is nothing that is going to, everything we've just discussed, right? I want to go from 1.4 to 1.8. I want to go from 1.8 to 2.2. You're only going to do that with a digital inspection because you can't fit any more cars in the door. However, I can still make more per customer. If I take those 7, 10, 15 photos in every vehicle, we're educating, we're having that transparency with the customer. That makes sales faster. That, that increases every single vehicle that rolls through your bay. And another way in which we manage the car count, right? Because if someone drops off at eight o'clock in the morning and they go to work, which 95% of customers do, they drop off and go to work. The amount of time we play spending phone tag. I, I can't tell you how many scenarios I think of, of watching my father growing up, picking up the phone and painting broad stroke pictured for that customer of what, that needs why that vehicle needs this work, why it's integral to the operation of the vehicle, and all these things. When if he just had photos and videos, the conversation would have been much more succinct, and the tickets would have been a lot higher. Um, it's no secret that digital inspections are a huge money maker. They're great for communication and education with the customer, and they all build into this narrative of that car count management, right? right. So, if you're a repair shop owner, and I don't care if it's day one. 
and you've never used a digital vehicle inspection before in your life, you need it. You'll figure it out. One inspection changes everything. And then what we do is we hold those crews accountable and you, you see the revenues on the back end very easily. Okay. I'm on the website now. And any of you listeners, just go to boltontechnology.com and click on the vehicle inspection software to learn more about digital inspections. Do you, do you have any idea about what percentage of shops are currently utilizing the digital inspections? With us currently, or, or you mean in the space? Yeah, probably in the space. Do you have any idea? Oh, yeah. I have my estimates and, and we've talked about that. Sure. 2023 was what I call the year of the DVI. Okay. Uh, every single show, every podcast, whatever it was, that's that's what I called 23. It was the year of the DVI. And I would say okay. from 22 going into 23, I would say about 40% of repair shops had some element of a digital vehicle inspection. Right. We're taking photos and videos, even with a shop cell phone. What we saw going into the tail end of 23 was we thought that percentage flipped. We would say about 60% of shops at this point have a digital vehicle inspection and 40% do not. So it's a much more competitive landscape. What's the difference between all of the digital inspections? They all take pictures, they all take videos. What's the difference with ours? It funnels back into that CRM. It creates those campaigns. So there's another added layer of automation that our competitors don't have. I say that confidently because paper inspections, Paul, you remember the old paper inspections that we all sure. did for so many years, yeah. we put those in a file cabinet, they collected dust. A lot of digital inspections out there in the space, you take that inspection and where does it collect dust now? In your computer. That's valuable data. And I always preach, and from the start of this conversation, every conversation I ever have regarding this space, data is the most important, valuable thing that you could obtain. And what we do is we take those inspections and use it as additional fuel on the fire to make sure that the customers you're targeting, the deferred work you're targeting is even more hyper-focused. So um, it's valuable data to us. It's valuable data to our shops. And we can't preach enough how valuable digital inspections are, not only for your pocket and your profit margins, but for that education and that transparency with your customers as well. Okay. Can you share a memorable customer experience or a success story that reflects Bolton's uh, business values? Hmm. I'll give you one from last week. I, I talked to a repair shop owner that was on the fence with, he specialized primarily in transmissions. Okay. And we, we see that constantly where there's that one local shop that everyone refers that business to, right? They don't want to get into that headache. Right. And I had asked him the question of everyone refers those transmissions to you, but do you refer the break work back to them? And he said, of course I don't. I said, okay, you're holding on to these vehicles a lot longer than the general repair shop down the street. You know, you have that a week, two weeks, three weeks at times, depending on the weight on parts. Why not use digital inspections to build off of that? Why are you only stuck with those headaches? You know, why do you feel that? 48 hours later, received a call back and, you know, we, we hear that applause and that I wish I had done this sooner. I wish I had opened my mind. And I think that the open-mindedness is, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about some of the things that are plaguing the industry. I think there's an open-mindedness problem that we really need to get out there and is something going to work? It's very simple to prove the return on investment. If you can show, especially when you have integrations like we do, and really that's our insurance policy. We can show you who came in, 
of which message, what the inspection produced, all of that. And they're all intertwined. I think so many shops in the industry right now, they're trying to piece together technologies. The dealership space is usually one or two tabs. Our aftermarket shops are spread thin. They have five, 10, 15 tabs open, scanners all over the place. It's, there's so many things going on. It's going to be a race to one tab. And I feel like we've done a good job consolidating that here. And I think that um, for us, it's it's part of the journey. Whereas I feel like some of these other technologies in the space are just trying to jump in and hopefully prove value. For us, it's what, where do you want to be? You know, what, what do you what do you want this shop to be in a year, two years, five years? You know, where do you want to be? And we can really help with the automation and, and the way in which we tailor the technology. So um, when people come to us, we just ask, that's the first thing we ask, be a little bit open-minded and we can learn as we go. Because the more data we have, the more we learn about that shop. Yes. And, and the more we can help them, Paul, quite frankly. Sure. Yeah. A lot of shops uh, that when we take on as clients, we're able to give them up to a 20% boost in income uh, just because they're not taxing awesome. their CRM. Yeah, they're awesome. not doing marketing campaigns to the customers that they already have. So, and that's imperative right. that they do that. So, and we're so overwhelmed as consumers. Think about the vehicle owners. Sure. I just got three text messages from one was Bass Pro Shops and a few <laughs> others, but I don't pay attention to those. How do we address our customers? What's the aesthetic of the message? Does it seem the way you and I would text as friends, Paul, or does it seem like a twenty-five percent off, come on down type of a message? I don't pay those mind. I don't. And I think a big part of it is, it is the aesthetics of the messaging that we're getting out to our customers too. This is always going to be a relationship-based business. And when we can take advantage of the relationships that we have, or that shop owner rather has with those customers, and it looks like that owner of the shop or that service advisor that they love to see, or that manager or whoever it may be, when it looks like that, it has more of an impact. Right. Okay. You, you're working with 9,000 different shops. What are the common denominators that you see with the more successful shops? Like for us, number one common denominator, which is why I did a, a one-hour workshop on this last month in January, is you got to know your numbers. So we did a 2024 workshop marketing plan. So yep. if you're at 2 million and you want to get to 2.5 million, then great. What's your average ticket? Let's say it's 650 a month. So I've got a spreadsheet that I had our accountants make up where they can just plug in that number and it tells them exactly how many more leads they need to get to reach right. that half million in sales. All right. Uh, what's your current average cost per lead? All right. So we take mm -hmm. that number, we times it up, and now we got a numbers that we can go by. All of the successful shops that we've seen that are growing know their numbers and they set goals and they work backwards from there and then they monitor it monthly to see where they're at so with you uh what is the common denominator you see with shop owners i'm sure what i just mentioned is one of them yeah i, I think that definitely ties into the conversation i what we've seen over the last four years especially is people getting into the ownership side of the business that are taking over for either a shop that they worked at for the last some years or you know, there's so many scenarios or, you know, we've seen enterprise groups that are going out and buying these repair shops that own their property, have had a system like a Mitchell or something like that. And there's tons of data. So what they'll do is they'll absorb that and they see the value in it. And I think that's the common denominator is getting in, taking advantage of a relationship and a database that has been built for whether decades um, or even, you know, four or five years, you know, taking that information Getting the communication out to those customers to let them know, 
new ownership. This is what we're doing. Let them know your values, you know, reach out, communicate with them and show them in a new age tech way that we do. We care about them and we want to communicate with them and we want to be transparent and we want to use the DVI and we want to limit gray area, right? Eliminate it sure. completely. And digital inspections do a good job of that. The communications with those customers does a good job of that. And people leave happier. And what happens when they leave happy? They return faster. And when we can get an additional one to two visits out of a calendar year out of your top 40% of your book of business, everybody's happy from the vehicle owner to that loop tech. It doesn't matter who it is. Everybody's happier. So that's one of the ways that we're doing it. And I think the people that prioritize data are really our best shops. Well, then you just reiterated what I just said. Know your numbers. Know your numbers. You are working. You are, uh, and I just had a podcast with Jim Bennett. And what was your his great. advice? And he said, go, slow down to go fast. And that's a lesson that I've had to learn that if you slow down, you go faster. You take Jim's absolutely right. And that's the thing that we, we see in the beginning of every digital inspection call. This is going to slow me down. No. Slow down. By no means. Slow down to go faster. Okay. I'll, I'll echo that. Some when a shop time. owner slows down to figure out what his goals really are, instead of just getting up and opening that, unlocking that door every day and doing the same thing over and over again, when they yep. take time to sit down to figure out, okay, well, this is where we're at. This is where I'd like to be. Now, how do I get there? If they slow down, they will go faster. And yeah. uh, I've had a hard time applying that principle to my own company. Uh, I have to always focus on that slow down to go faster so let's plug map real quick because uh bolton and advantage automotive group are members of amra automotive maintenance repair association and the automotive maintenance repair association is the one that's created map motors assurance program you shop owners have a third party saying oh look the manufacturer recommends that this brake fluid be changed at this but you're at this many miles so it's not the shop owner going to the customer telling them it's a third party. Now, psychologically, I can't impart the importance of third party information. If you hear it directly, if I tell you I'm a great marketing company, well, you take that with a grain of salt. I own the company. I work for the company. If it's right. a third party saying that's why reviews are so valuable. So Motorist Assurance Program, tell the people listening a little bit about MAP and AMRA and your experience with AMRA and MAP. Yeah, for us, MAP has been something that we can hold on to, that we know that the shops that are affiliated with that, whether it's you know our good years or, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The shops that fly that flag and have that stamp of approval are the shops that are saying, we abide by the highest standards imaginable. Um, and, and for us, our technologies are trying to, what, what have I, what's the word I've reiterated a hundred times in this conversation is transparency and education with the customers and, and that back and forth. MAP and all of their guidelines, there's no other group in my mind that preaches that the way that we do. So we feel we're really in sync with them as far as those things are concerned. They have their own certified uh, digital inspection template in the bolt-on library right now that okay. um, I find to be an, ex an exhausting way to go through, get that vehicle owner everything they need um, to know that we checked everything. And um, if you're going to come through our bays, these are the things that we're going to make sure we do to make sure you're safe and you have all the information you need to make an educated decision. Um, I really think that's what MAP boils down to. And I think that the shops that have that stamp, um, they're the ones that are doing business at an extremely high rate 
and all these conversations that are intertwining at this point, Paul, I would say uh, the common denominator with those conversations is they want to do things at a high level. And I think MAP is, is really is doing those things for and everyone that is abiding by those laws and those guidelines um, right. can stand by that. Yeah, and I can say that, you know, we're experts at climbing down into the consumer's mind and building trust right away because it's very important with the automotive industry since there's a level yeah. here anyway. One of the ways that we do that, of course, is to make sure you have a modern current website because it says modern current company subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Destin Imports, we took this company on and he wanted to get rankings on Google. He had fantastic reviews on Facebook, Google, SureCritic, and Yelp, but they weren't on his website anymore. Yeah. So now we put them right there in the header. So when you, as a shop owner, when you guys have uh, your reviews front and center, so the second the home page loads, that social proof is there and it subconsciously says to the consumer, you can mm -hmm. trust us. You should also have trust badges like ASE, BAP, mm -hmm. Motors Assurance Program, Automotive Maintenance Repair Association, um, ATI, if you're ATI or AMI or one of the, every time you have one of those badges on their shop owners, this is subconsciously telling these consumers that you're different from these other shops that they went to. So they don't know why they booked with you and not the other shop, but we know why. That's why, because that's our business. Right. <laughs> so, I, I think even there's little things that you can do, even with our digital inspections, sometimes having the profile photo of the technician that's working on your vehicle. And it, it just, there's a lack of trust in our industry, I think, automatically. Well, there and, is. And, and, you know, when the, we talk about some of the things that you're talking about, Paul, and I'm talking about and map and, and all these things, they're all ways to build that trust. And sometimes the, the things that you can do are so small, but have such a massive impact on that relationship and uh, that trust. Every little thing that a shop does that uh, their competitors are not gives them an edge. I can yeah. tell you 100 uh, percent, Anthony, because we've done our research and we've researched the research. Um, uh, on our websites, we make sure that the pictures um, are all native. So one of the best pictures to open a website with is a picture of the owner and his staff, wife, baby, whatever. Why? Because subconsciously it makes that connection. So you guys having a picture of the tech in your visual inspections, when you show that to the consumer, I can tell you right now that will help them subconsciously make that decision better because they're making the connection of the person, the actual human being that's working on their car. Yeah, not, I think that's a better car, situation. The car disappears, it goes into a bay, and then it comes back out again. You know, it's they're making that connection. So um, I'm doing a webinar tomorrow workshop on website conversions and what that we're going to be talking about native imagery and website conversions. So I can tell you right now, you can use this in your sales presentations that sales conversions are going to happen when they actually see photographs of the actual, mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, let's let's weed out those stock photos of the male model holding the wrench. Let's right. let's get rid of those entirely. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent of that. Yeah. So I've got one of those on a website now. I'm waiting for the guy to send me the photos. It's a guy in a red jumpsuit, perfectly clean, sitting with a perfectly clean tire. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my staff pick up, but that's not a shop. I said, so we're waiting for the owner to send us the photos of his shop and his text. <laughs> You know, so, but I look at that picture. It's just so stupid. You know, it's yeah. almost insulting. You know, so right. Uh, These and, and the and the vehicle owners they see through that too. Oh yeah, instantly. But uh, ninety percent of what we think, do, and say are subconscious, and this is the part that I've delved into. In fact, we hired an industrial psychologist. 
I don't know if you know what an industrial psychologist is, but send your kid to an industrial psychologist and a week later and like $10,000 later, they'll tell you exactly awesome architect. You, your kid's going to be a great architect. And they're spot on 99% of the time. So we hired an industrial psychologist that specializes in digital. So we can, and so we're in an industry that's marked with distrust. How do we climb down to the consumer's mind the second? Because we're visual. Mm -hmm. the human beings think and dream in images, not text. So uh, we're all visual. So what are the ways? And these are the things that they came, that that our uh, psychologists came back and told us: get those reviews front and center. Uh, get these pictures of the staff. Uh, make sure they're all local. Get rid of all that 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 crap. Um, um, the stock have, images. Stock images. Thank you. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. I, I think that's important. I'm going to plug a company by Wrenchway. You know, the, the technician shortage and, and all these indeeds, and and that's a big part of what Wrenchway does. Wrenchway provides information to prospective technicians they can see what how small are the bays you know am i going to be on top of the tech next to me what is that service writer you know act what's his personality what's the owner's you know are they paying for my uniforms all these things and i think you're right we're visual whether we're the vehicle owner whether we're the tech or anything right. and i think a lot of a lot of shops forget that a good way to be out there in the marketplace for prospective technicians or whoever is reviews and websites and all these things and having that map, all these companies that we're talking, we're all intertwined. And if you're about promoting these standards that we're talking about, you have to have these things. I think it's, it's critical to that whole process. I'm doing a video this weekend on first impressions when, from the moment that the customer pulls into the shop, is the grass cut? Is there trash on the sides? Is the interior lobby clean? Are the bathrooms clean? Shop owners have no idea how much this affects uh, customer trust. That's why all the corporations, the large ones, the really big ones, parking lots are clean, interiors are clean. There's a reason for that. Balloons everywhere, you know, always. It's, it's just very polished. You're absolutely there's, there's, right. There's presentation, presentation is everything. Presentation, presentation. So it is. Okay. Anthony, uh, thanks a lot for your time. I really appreciate it. I, I so appreciate you for having me. This was awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Anthony. For additional automotive resources and exclusive content, follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch all our episodes. Thanks again for joining us in the driver's seat, and we'll see you next time for another thrilling episode of Top Shop.